Nintendo Switchcraft is brought to you by Mr. Fister, Eric Smith, Orange Thunder, and Abigail 13. This is episode 604 of Nintendo Switchcraft. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Famitsu, quotes on Age of Calamity. Man, that game is very, very close. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is probably going to be huge. Speaking of Capcom, we've got some other Capcom-related news. They've been hacked. Uh, don't, don't support... I'm going to shake my, my finger in the general direction of anybody that is supporting scalpers. And uh, don't worry, Bethesda games are still going to come to the Switch. Those stories and the mailbag, possibly. We'll see if I can fit it in on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. I don't know what the show is sounding like right now, like as I am recording it. For some reason, my office feels really, really echoey right now, and I'm not sure why. So I'll listen to this after the fact, and of course, you can let me know how it sounds on Twitter. I'm at RunJumpStomp. Let's get started with, uh, well, actually, before we get started with Nintendo news, uh, if you didn't listen to the most recent episode, I made the announcement that I'm going to a two-day-a-week format instead of the three-day-a-week format. And I'm still trying to figure out how exactly that is going to work. Um, Like, which days will I release on? Like, right now, I'm thinking Monday will definitely be one of them, but then having it on Wednesday seems too soon. So I was thinking maybe Thursday, but I have to admit, uh, last week after Wednesday, taking Thursday and Friday and Saturday off from podcasting, was really, really nice. I don't think I've taken a break from podcasting in four years. So it was pretty uh, nice having that time off. And not that I don't love what I do, but it was just really nice to have that time off. Anyway, I'm trying to work out how I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, just keep subscribing to the feed and you'll get them as soon as they come out. I'll work out a schedule eventually. One thing... And I don't know how I feel about this, but one thing that I've been toying with is recording like one one segment a day and releasing that on Patreon and then taking all of those segments at the end of the week and putting them together and releasing the full episode on Saturday on the regular feed. But then it feels like I'm working every day and I and, and even though. I would be working for a shorter amount of time. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. I can't figure out how to do this. I don't know how to, I don't know how to not work. It's, (laughs) there's something wrong with me. Anyway, let's talk about video games. Um, Famitsu has got some, uh, some, uh, there's some quotes from a Famitsu article about Age of Calamity. This is brought to us by Nintendo Everything, and they've got some translations of the review. Uh, this is a review of Age of Calamity. Now, uh, there it's not spoiler heavy. If you've seen all of the trailers, then you know the stuff that I'm going to talk about. But if you like, I haven't seen any of the trailers. 
I don't want to know anything. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil story stuff, but maybe some gameplay stuff. Uh, let's talk about this review. Uh, the game got 36 out of 40. Um, Femitsu does this thing where they break uh, a game into four categories, and each category gets 10 points, so they could do 36 out of 40. is a pretty decent score. Uh, not like ridiculously stellar. But a pretty decent score. I, I'm I'm seeing that number makes me really excited about the game. I'm sure that if you've listened to my show for any length of time, you know that I don't put a lot of stock into numbers when it comes to reviews. But of course, you have to read the words that go along with the numbers. So for anybody who is new and unfamiliar with uh, what Age of Calamity is. It is a prequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild that is built like a Musou game. And if you are unfamiliar with what a Musou game is, any game that ends with usually warriors, like uh, Dynasty Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, Hyrule Warriors, uh, those games are all Musou games. And if you've played one of those, then you know generally what a Musou game is. If you haven't, I would describe it as a real-time strategy game where you are in control of certain heroes and you the gameplay mechanics are very button mashy, but you have to control a bunch of different characters on the screen and uh, basically dictate how battles going to go out go go with this overall meta battle thing happening. They're very fun. I like these kind of games. A lot. The first one that I ever played was Fire Emblem Warriors, and then I played Hyrule Warriors, and I loved both of those games. So I'm very excited for Age of Calamity, which is a Hyrule Warriors game based on what happened 100 years ago. All right, everybody is now caught up. If you're a newbie, welcome. All right, let's talk about this. Here's here's what they have to say. While this game has aspects of a Musou style game. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is essentially an action battle version of Breath of the Wild. Although the game is not exactly open world, you can still enjoy the aesthetic of Hyrule while fighting across the well-designed battlefields. Age of Calamity also recreates the fun of expanding the world from Breath of the Wild with a system where you use familiar items obtained in battle to unlock various locations on the map. Very cool. Here's the next quote. The title is highly satisfying as a Breath of the Wild spinoff that portrays the game's past events. The gameplay itself was very impressive, especially with each character having their own unique set of actions and movesets. Small details such as the use of elemental rods and the Sheikah Slate runes added a nice touch to battle. It was also simply exciting to ride on the divine beasts. There were times when I noticed the frame rate dropping during in, during intense fights, but this might be something you get used to as you play. And you know, as somebody who's played the demo, I will say I did even I who who I don't really care about frame rates all that much, I noticed some frame rate dropping as well. Now they also said this game feels a little different from other Muso titles as it adds aspects from Breath of the Wild. I'm going to pause there for a second and talk about um, these Warriors games. Now, the Dynasty Warriors games are all very, very similar. 
But when you talk about games like Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors, one of the things that make them so awesome is the way that the the developers combine the Muso style with the source material and gameplay elements from the IP that is driving the game. So for instance, pairing your characters up in a game like Fire Emblem Warriors or you know having the bombs and the the various items that you have in Hyrule Warriors. So the other Muso games that I've played, they all have these weird elements that are from the other games. And as somebody who's not played the Dynasty Warriors games, I'm very interested interested to see if I would actually enjoy them without the elements from the other games. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Let's get back to the quote, though. Um, it gives the player the feeling of an open-world game. Due to how especially big the original game was, Age of Calamity gives fans a special opportunity to experience the world again from a different angle and with a different story. The final quote here says, when compared to other Musou games, it feels as though the beat-em-up elements are toned down. I'm going to pause from the quote for a second and say, when he says the beat-em-up elements, this is a game that is very much about getting combos. You know, like XXXY will do a certain thing. XXY will do a, a different thing. And, you know, doing five X's followed by a Y will do yet another thing. And depending on what enemies you're fighting, you do different kinds of combos in these games typically um however in in the last hyrule warriors game it felt more like you relied on the items in order to dictate what would happen in battle more than the combos and i personally really like that so what uh tezuka is saying here basically is that it feels to them like they're toning down those combo uh, the combo feel and going more for each character having a unique play style, which is awesome to me. That, that tells me lots of replay value. Anyway, so here's what they have to say. However, each player has a unique play style, so there are many ways to enjoy this fighting action game. Because players have some freedom on how to strategize, it's easy for fans to enjoy the game in their own way with things like speed runs or restrictions. There are also plenty of features that carried over from Breath of the Wild, so core fans will get a kick from the small things like progression uh, via the map of Hyrule. Anyway, that game is coming out on November 20th. That is just four days away from the day that I am recording this. I am incredibly excited for this. This is going to be uh, the, the game that I'm probably going to throw the most time at in November and December, probably December, because November, like it comes out uh, the 20th and then Thanksgiving is like right after that and I'll be busy doing stuff. Uh, but after that, it's going to be exciting. So um, which, uh, what, what do you guys think? Are you hyped for Age of Calamity? Is this a game that you're buying day one? If so, are you a fan of the Musou genre or is this going to be your first? Let me know your thoughts about Age of Calamity uh, on Twitter, and maybe we'll add that as a mailbag episode. By the way, thank you to everybody that's been tweeting at me uh, the, the super nice things like uh, 
you know, enjoy your break, Bill. Uh, take your time. Don't burn yourself out. All of that stuff. You guys are awesome. I got, and I'm not even joking, dozens of emails. I feel like I'm that guy who is like the, in, oh God, the, the show, they just like dozens of us. I can't remember what the show is. It's hilarious though. Uh, anyway, I got dozens of emails from people saying uh, that, that they were more than happy to adjust to me uh, taking t- taking things a little bit slower with Switchcraft. So I just wanted to say thank you. I replied to all of you, uh, but I just wanted to say thank you for the, the, the kind words. You guys are awesome. All right, let's talk about Monster Hunter. One of my favorite games of 2018 was Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. It was the first Monster Hunter on Nintendo on a Nintendo system that I actually enjoyed. I had played demos for other Monster Hunter games on 3DS in the past, and you know the the combination of the terrible controls and the opaqueness in which the game is taught to you always pushed me away. Um, Monster Hunter is kind of famous for having a pretty terrible onboarding experience, you know, teaching people who are new to the, to the, to the game, how to actually play the game. And because of that, and you uh, combine that with the lack of a, 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 a right stick on the 3ds made the Monster Hunter games, just pretty terrible in my opinion. There are many who disagree with me, and that's totally fine. So when Monster Hunter World came to the PS4, you know, it's got two sticks. They, I don't want to say that they dumbed it down, but they did a better job teaching you how to play. I had an absolute blast with that game. And then Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate came out. On the Nintendo Switch. Now, that game was an old 3DS game, which came out in 2015, and Capcom then remade in 2018. It came out on August 28th, 2018, and I had an absolute blast playing Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. It's so absolutely fun. Now, I'm not sure if I enjoyed the game more because. I understood how the Monster Hunter games worked better or because I had found uh, Gaijin Hunter on YouTube and, you know, that guy takes you step by step through how to use each weapon in Monster Hunter World, did the same thing in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. And I think because I knew how the game worked and I understood how combat worked more, I just had so much more fun with it. But Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is a fantastic game. But it's a 3DS game that was ported to the Nintendo Switch. So it doesn't look all that nice. You know, it's not super beautiful by today's standards. It's a 2015 3DS game ported to the Nintendo Switch. You know, it's got some graphical issues. That being said, it it played wonderfully and I had an absolute blast with it. So I was really, really excited when Capcom announced Monster Hunter Rise. 
This is a game that is supposed to be launching on March 26th, 2020. However, um, that's probably, you know, it's already been delayed at least once. Um, not publicly delayed, but it was supposed to be released earlier and they never announced it because of the pandemic uh, until I think that they feel like they have a more concrete date of March 26th. We'll see if that holds. You know, COVID is a, uh, a, a, a rough, well, you know what? I won't swear on the show. So anyway, let's talk about Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, Capcom is releasing this game March 26th. Uh, the president of Capcom, Mr. Sujimoto, was talking to Nikkei, a Japanese publication, and they were talking about the game's development and how it was actually slowed by the pandemic. And here's what he had to say about uh, the game and pre-orders and sales expectations, uh, which, by the way, the game looks beautiful on Switch. It looks so beautiful on Switch that when people saw it, some people were saying, is that running on the Switch Pro? Like, is that new hardware? Because we don't think the Switch can do that, which I think is really good news. Anyway, what did they, uh, what did he, what did Mr. Sujimoto have to say about this game? By the way, uh, this translation is translated by Gaijin Hunter. So if you need Monster Hunter tutorials, uh, type in Gaijin Hunter on YouTube and you can find it. Uh, here's here's the translation. Uh, the main feature of the Nintendo Switch is the ability to be played portable. Fans no doubt like that they will be able to play Monster Hunter on their way to work while laying in bed, etc. In this game, we are adding aerial movement as well as a new companion dog character that will make it stand out as a unique entry in the series. Um, I'm assuming the aerial movement that he's talking about is this weird little zip line. I think they call it a zip bug or something. Uh, it's almost like your Spider-Man. So you can use this thing at any time. You fling it out. It attaches to something. And then you can fling yourself forward by pulling on it like Spider-Man would. It looks really cool. And I love, I absolutely love when games nail that that locomotion of moving in a way like this, you've got to watch a trailer in order to see what I'm talking about. Moving on, here's what the rest of what he had to say. Pre-orders have already begun, and so far we are on track to match our expectations. Now, due to COVID-19, we had to pause development for about a month, and the release date slipped from the originally planned date to March 2021. Now, we... I'm, uh, this is me talking, not Mr. Sujimoto. Uh, we, the consumer, had never heard about that previous date. So that just goes to show you there are plenty of games that have been delayed that we we probably still don't know about. Anyway, he goes on. We expect its main financial contributions to happen in the next fiscal year. The announcement of the new entry in the series is impactful for the entire franchise as we expect it will also help generate sales of older titles as well, like Monster Hunter World. Which, by the way, I know it's not on Nintendo Switch, but if you have a PS4 I, or a PC, I don't know if it's on Xbox or not because I don't have an Xbox, so I didn't pay attention to that. If you've got uh, some other system that can play Monster Hunter World... Go buy that game. It's awesome. 
It's beautiful. What a gorgeous game. You're going to have some fun with it. It's really, really good. But it's also really hard. Keep that in mind, too. Anyway, I'm... If you can't tell by by um, you know, like the tone of my voice, I'm incredibly excited for uh, Monster Hunter uh, Rise. I can't wait till it comes out, and um, it's going to be a day one purchase for me. All right, we're not done talking about Capcom. Capcom got hacked, and there's some stuff that we now know as uh, on its way. And so if you don't want to hear any of that stuff, uh, you can get out now. But if you just want to hear about these, uh, the, the games that are now rumored to be coming because of this hack, uh, then, then keep listening. Anyway, let's, let's get to it. Earlier this month, Capcom's network was hit with a customized ransomware attack. While no customer information was obtained in the hack, thank God, uh, it has since become clear that the internal email and file servers were compromised during the intrusion and around one terabyte of data was stolen. Hackers, stop being jerks. We're sick of it, all right? Here's what they have. Uh, here's the, the information that has um, resulted that is relevant to the Nintendo Switch. There's a new Ace Attorney Collection uh, that it may be coming to the Nintendo Switch. This uh, has the original trilogy as well as um, two entries from, from the 3DS. Um, Great Ace Attorney and Dai Gyakatuban Saiban. I'm sorry if I've screwed up that pronunciation, which I absolutely did. Um, that's going to be bundled together in a two-pack release. Uh, there's also some leaked documents Capcom is intending to translate the game so we could get it in the West as well. Uh, the leak also details this new project, which is codenamed Guillotine, uh, which is supposed to come to Nintendo's uh, Nintendo Switch in February and other systems in May. We don't know anything about it, but there you go. In addition, we do have a little bit more information on Monster Hunter Rise in that we may be getting demos for Monster Hunter Rise in January and in March, and that that game is also coming to PC uh, in October. Monster Hunter Stories 2 is also getting a PC release uh, about the same time that that game hits the Nintendo Switch in June, which will include paid DLC expansions. Um, I mean, what, what I mean to say is that we'll also have some paid DLC expansions. If you're unaware of what Monster Hunter Stories is, uh, basically it's kind of like a Pokemon style game featuring the Monster Hunter world and lore. Uh, anyway, keep in mind, this is all rumor, grain of salt stuff. All right. None of this is written in stone. It's, uh, I guess it's written in salt. So, you know, take that as, as you will. Two quick things, and I'm going to get out of here. Don't fall for it, people. Right now, the the Game & Watch, you know, you guys know, that 35th anniversary Mario thing, the Game & Watch, that system is going on eBay for $200. $200! Don't buy it. 
Don't buy it from them. You can buy it from stores. You can still get it in stores. All right. Scalpers. You know what I hope happens? I hope that scalpers bought hundreds of these things and Nintendo just floods the market with them. So those scalpers just eat their money. They're like, well, that was a mistake. I hope that that's what happens. Every time that you go on eBay and you buy a system or a collector's item that you should be able to just buy in a damn store from a scalper, you're encouraging the scalpers to continue doing this, which encourages them to buy up all of the supply, which makes it hard to find, which then reinforces the idea that people need to go to scalpers to get these items. <laughs> if scalpers would just lose their shirt on one of these things just just once, then they would stop it. They would say, you know what? Maybe we won't buy up all the Nintendo stuff and then put it on eBay. Maybe people will just be able to walk into a store and find something for once. Anyway, uh, don't buy that thing from scalpers. You can find it elsewhere. Bethesda Games, uh, you guys might remember that uh, Microsoft has purchased, or I guess they're 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 currently they filed like an intent to purchase Zenimax. And if you don't know who Zenimax are, Zenimax owns Bethesda. And if you don't know who Bethesda is, they're the people that make games like Doom and Skyrim, etc. Okay, wait, uh, I should clarify. Uh, they make, Bethesda makes Skyrim and Fallout and stuff like that. Id Software is like, they're also in that and those are the ones that make Doom. So, you know, don't email me about that. Uh, but you know what? This is good news. This is good news because when that purchase was announced, I said, don't worry, everybody. Microsoft wants your money. They don't care where you play it. They just want your money. And how do they want your money? They want your money through Game Pass. Because while not everybody is going to buy this game, a lot of people are going to subscribe to Game Pass for different reasons. Like, let's say we have games A through E. You know, Jimmy subscribes to Game Pass for game A and C. Uh, Sally subscribes to Game Pass for games B and F. Did I? Well, F is now in there. And uh, Johnny is subscribing to Game Pass for A, B, C, and E. You know, there's there's different reasons for people to jump in on Game Pass, but they're all jumping in on Game Pass. I think that uh, there was recently, it was announced that Game Pass has 20 million subscribers. <laughs> that's a lot of subscribers. Anyway, that's why... Microsoft wants to buy Zenimax is so that they can offer all of these games on Game Pass as part of your inclusion. And then everybody's getting Game Pass, right? But what if you don't have an, a Microsoft console? And what if you don't have a PC that's compatible? Microsoft still wants your money. This is what I said before. They still want your money. So they're going to let Bethesda and Zenimax and id Software make their games for other systems. Will they play best on those other systems? No. They'll play best on Microsoft because they're going to have the most development time there. But they're not going to stop them from making games for other systems because that means that's a whole group of people that they cannot monetize. And that's what this is all about. Now, if Sony 
if Sony had bought ZeniMax, they would lock it down. This is just my opinion. I don't know for sure, but they would lock it down and nobody but Sony uh, people who have a PlayStation 5 would be playing those games. Well, it's nice to find out that I'm correct. Here's here's the quote, all right? The quote is from uh, Xbox Chief Financial Officer Tim Stewart. Uh, he was talking to Jeffrey's Interactive Entertainment, and this is what he said. What we'll do in the long run is we don't have intentions of pulling all of Bethesda content out of Sony or Nintendo or otherwise. But what we want is we want that content in the long run to either be first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on our platform. We will want Bethesda content to show up as best on our platform. That's not a point about being exclusive. That's a point about we're being, we're adjusting the timing or content or roadmap. But if you think about something like Game Pass, if it shows up best in Game Pass, then that's what we want to see. And we want to drive our Game Pass subscriber base through that Bethesda pipeline. So again, I'm not announcing that pulling content from platforms one way or the other, but I suspect you'll continue to see us shift towards first or better or best approach on our on our platforms. So basically, free on, and that's how it'll be best. It'll be free on um, Game Pass subscribers and everybody else has to pay for it. And so what will change for people who don't have an Xbox? Nothing will change. That's how I look at it. Anyway, uh, I want to say thank you to all of the people who listen to this show, but I especially want to thank the people uh, who head on over to runjumpstomp.com and click on Patreon and then join either at the Buck a Month Club or at the Early Access Club to get these episodes sooner or, or uh, the people who subscribe at the producer level. These are people like Matt Hadfield, John Eisenmenger, Bowser, Travis McGuire, and Sean, uh, who changed his name to Palpatine did nothing wrong. Dude, you're crazy. Palpatine is pure evil. Oh, uh, speaking of um, Star Wars, there's Star Wars Minecraft. Maybe I'll talk about it on next episode. I'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Head to runjumpstomp.com to get all of the important links uh, as well as the show notes. I'm out of here. Stay rad, everybody.